Besser centers. And here's Pedersen. Scores! everyone welcome to episode 42 of the avid discussers podcast part of the area 51 sports network i'm your host joshua ray as per usual and you know you know how who it is at this point and it's been a uh well the canucks lost their last two well one actually lost their last game i guess the winnipeg jets but won the one before and the three-day break, it really gave them the chance to recharge their batteries, um, get back into gear, which they did for the first game, with a 4 nothing win over the Winnipeg Jets. And surprisingly, that was Thatcher Demko's first career regular season shutout. His first actual shutout was in Game 6 against the Vegas Golden Knights. And the, the, the game after that, which was... On Tuesday, the Canucks started decided to start Braden Holpe in net. Now, I, I, understandable given the decision, it's a back-to-back. Toronto Maple Leafs were coming up, and I'm recording this on March 4th, which the Leafs game will be happening in about an hour or so. And uh, I don't really have high hopes for that, and I still haven't recovered from the last series against the Leafs. And the Leafs, they won their last three games against the Oilers, shutting down McDavid and Drysdale. So it's not going to be easy. But back to the Jets games. Um, I understand why Holpe started because back-to-back. And you want to give Demko a rest. But Demko played really well in the... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, in the uh, first game. And why not ride the hot hand, right? But Travis Green decided to go at Holpe, and he did not do look uh, too good. Like a, a bunch of goals he sh- should have had. Like on uh, Kyle Connor's power play goal went through five hole. Uh, there was a giveaway by Sutter, but he probably should have had that one. And the the one that ended it, he was way out of position. He made the first save, but he was just scrambling like out of his crease. Sure, blame Myers and. Adler all you want there, but <laughs> hope he should have scrambled back in time before um, they could take the shot. And as a result, the Cubs lost the game. And honestly, this is um, like the Hopey signing I praised at the time because it was a two-year deal, four point three million. I'm like, okay, that's fine. 
Um, there's a good chance that, well, he's going to be exposed to Seattle anyway, but there's a good chance that Seattle takes him, right? Now, I'm uh, not so sure who Seattle would like to take. And um, this this has to be Thatcher Demko's crease from this point onward because he has been the better of the two goalies and Holpe, he hasn't looked good lately and he's not making those saves while Demko is and it's been the plan since he was drafted. Demko was eventually going to be the number one starter in this league. Could he be an elite starter? Perhaps, but as, a, but as of now he's showing like he is a capable NHL starter and he just looks calm in net. Like, nothing phases him. And, um, other than Demko in the first game, the Canucks looked defensively pretty well. They were winning the battles, not giving the Jets much good scoring opportunities, and for themselves, they scored a couple of, they scored some good goals, too. Nate Schmidt, um, one of the most unlucky Canucks this year. Like, instead of, he's been scoring on his own net instead of the opposing goalies. But, in the first game against the Jets, it's good to see him get two points. Like, and they were very quick. He scored the first goal, and then he got an assist. I thought he scored the second goal, but it was JT Miller who put up, who got that goal. Elise Pedersen scores in back-to-back games. One of them was an empty netter. And offensively, um, they haven't looked. They've been an inconsistent team offensively all season, actually. But in that first game, it was nice to... Nice to see them score four goals. Nils Hoglander also got one, and he almost uh, pulled off the Michigan or the lacrosse goal or the Zorro or whatever you want to call it. Like, he's behind the net, and then he tries it, but he lost the handle on it. Like, imagine he pulled that off. And every time he's behind the net now, you're like, oh my god, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Come on, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it. But um, we're going to see it eventually. It's only a matter of time, right? He, he almost tried it that um, but then, the game after, it's a 5-2 loss, and Miller and Pedersen get on the board again. Miller tried his, got a good, a slap shot from the power play, but uh, Holpe didn't help. The defense wasn't that great, once again, and the Canucks can't win two in a row, which is kind of concerning. Highest was like four in a row, that was um, three... Three games against the Senators, and then the first game against the Jets, which was a 3-1 win. Now, that was before the disasters in Montreal and Toronto. Like, it is concerning. Well, this team is bad. This is pretty much a lost season at this point. And I think that um, since the season's at lost cause, sell at the deadline, right? Like, you gotta. And try to trade for the future, but... I doubt Jim Benny is going to be back here next year, so why would he want to do that? I won't be surprised if he just stands pat at the trade deadline. This is um, Demko's crease going forward. Like, I want to see Demko get involved. Like, no offense to Holby, but unless he, he's got to find a way to make these saves. And unless he does, I don't see him starting more games. And this has to be Demko's crease. It has to. JT Miller, while he's putting up 21 points in 23 games, it is still concerning that he's letting players walk past him, um, show, showing no effort in back checks. 
like sure offensively it's good but defensively it's it, it's kind of hard to watch him right now like it's fr- and he knows he's frustrated he is frustrated and he knows that he should be better but it's one thing to say it but you gotta actually do it like you know the old saying easier said than done that's probably what it is like for Miller right now also the, for the defense Travis Hamnick's back back with an in from an injury and uh it hasn't been great good at all this year and has looked lost defensively and I don't know why instead of Hamnick and Hughes why don't they put Hughes and, Ste- and Schmidt together like I, I'm advocate for it I'm sure this is what Jim Benning wanted with when he acquired Schmidt like a fast moving puck moving uh defensive pairing that can help on that can help produce offense so why doesn't green do that i mean we, we've only seen it like what for 20 minutes this season according to natural stat trick and why not at this point the playoffs look like they're out of reach so why why not let's just just do it because uh, i want to see what they look like for, in a full game together like sure does that risk of being a poor def- like leaving uh some defensive gaps and letting players get by you but Nate Schmidt has actually been not too bad defensively and he's been in a shutdown role with Alex Edler so why can't um he do that with Hughes and I know he's I know his giveaways are horrible but he has been improving and honestly I also think, why can't we see Olya Levy in the lineup? Like, like why not? It would be, it would be nice because he has been making smart plays. He's been defending pretty good. He hasn't. He's not doing any like making much mistakes. He knows when to take on a guy. Knows he's been stealing the puck, making good passes. So why can't we see more of you, Levy? Like, let your young guys play. Right. Honestly, um, he, I don't. I didn't expect Yulevi to be this good. And you know, it's funny now that Yulevi has been panning out more. Is panning out much more than Vertanen has in the last like five years. <laughs> like, who would have thought, right? And speaking of Vertanen, there's trade rumors last week. I talked about this with Nick Bondi on Power of the Ta- Power of the Towel. Thank you, Nick, for having me on. That was fun. It was nice to answer the questions instead of asking them for once. And uh, Vertanen was rumored to be headed to the Anaheim Ducks. And a deal could have happened, but they didn't want to take Danton Heinen's $2.8 million contract because they didn't want to pay the $800,000, which is kind of weird for Francesco Aquilini because he's like worth three point three billion or whatever and eight hundred K is like chump change to him. So I find that kind of weird. And yes, Vertanen I think uh it's it's best they move on from him and that contract has aged poorly in like six months. That's how bad he's been. Like what, one point? He's been a healthy scratch multiple times. Looks invisible out there. And trying to trade him now is quite the task. So, I think that um, they should just let him go in the offseason. 
just let him walk and use that money to sign someone like Tyler Toffoli or Josh Levo. Speaking of Tyler Toffoli, he's been doing pretty well in Montreal. And he'll be back in town next week. Oh boy. And uh, it's just frustrating to see how Vertanen turned out. Yeah, I'm like, sure. Uh, he could. Uh, I liked the pick at the time. I did. And he brought speed, nice shot. He could hit. But his attitude, like, I'm in the NHL. What's more there to prove? That was his attitude. And this hockey IQ. Like making the wrong decision most pretty much all the time. That's what killed pretty much prevented him from becoming a top six forward. And he had the potential to be be very good. But fortunately it never panned out and kinda wish it did. It like could you imagine? Could you imagine Jake Fertan if Jake Fertanen actually panned out? And he he would have been imagine him being a legit like second line power forward that can score goals and can hit and that provides speed like that universe I want to live in that universe but unfortunately Vertanen is nothing more than a third probably a fourth liner at this point or just a 13 forward that's that's kind of what, how he's playing this year so Danton Heinen he can score but and from Langley so you're swapping Abbotsford with Langley and I like him, but he's not like really the most exciting player. But he can't provide bottom six offense. And they didn't want to take like 100k. Oh well. What to do with Vertanen? Maybe just wave him. Send him down to Utica. It won't save you much cap, but what, what else to do? I'd rather see someone like Zach McEwen in the lineup. He brings it. And he's fun to watch. Like him fighting Derek forward, that was good. Like he can throw hits, he can score goals too, but not, not often. But he can score goals. So I'd like to see Zach McEwen in the lineup. Um. So the Canucks will be taking on the Maple Leafs tonight, and oh boy, Matthews is back after an absence. He well came back at Edmonton. Uh, Leafs backup goalie's been pretty good. William Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. Um, hope I, I think Demko is starting tonight. Uh, I haven't checked my Twitter in a few in a few hours. From what I've heard, it looks like he's starting tonight. And this episode will be out after the game, so uh, who knows? And it's it's um quite. Um, like it's like a chore now to watch a Canucks game, and now that the Leafs are in town, this is gonna be this is gonna be tough. And thankfully, there aren't any Leafs fans in the building because, yeah, like when Leafs fans are at the in the building uh, for Canucks games, it's brutal. It is brutal, like my ears. Um, so it's gonna be tough, and the Leafs are like the best, one of the best in the league, and best in the North Division. So I don't know. Hopefully, the Canucks put up a better effort than the last time they met. Hopefully, 
Uh, Chelsea also won today. A one nothing win. Could have been 2 nothing if not for VAR. Timo Werner was onside. At least that's what I thought, but VAR thought otherwise. And it was a, it's a massive win. Liverpool, Anfield, you know, it's a tough place to, to play. Tough place to win. This is Chelsea's first win at Anfield in seven years. Since that infamous Gerrard slip, Dembabagol. Yep, it's been that long. And I guess with no fans at the cop, it kind of has a factor. Because when that when Anfield is full, the crowd, it's, it's almost like the 12th man in Seattle, let's say. But maybe better, because prior to this season, Liverpool haven't lost a game at home since like 2016, I believe. Now they've lost five straight. They lost to Burnley, they lost to Everton, lost to City, Chelsea, and I forgot who the other one was. And Chelsea are now in the top four. Thomas Tuchel is still undefeated as Chelsea manager. Only giving up, what, that one goal? Which was a Rudiger own goal? Or something? Uh, let me check. Yeah, per no, wait, that Diego, um... That Minamino goal in Southampton. That was the only goal they gave up. Plus the Rudiger one. So. The team. They performed well. And now we're back in the top four. Just three points behind Leicester. And four points behind Man United for second. And like a month ago. Almost two months ago now. When Frank Lampard was sacked. Top four looked unlikely. But teams around us have been struggling. Liverpool's struggling. Tottenham's struggling. While Chelsea haven't lost since that game in Leicester in the league at least 47 points for Chelsea Mason Mount scores a really good goal he's just so fun to watch he's magnificent makes great passes he can score he pro he can pr provide some speed um, a great attacking midfielder and has potential to be very good defense looked great Andreas Christensen he struggled under Lampard, was okay under, Con uh, sorry, was really good under Antonio Conte, but Thomas Tuchel has turned him into a different, into the player that we all hoped he'd become. And maybe Andreas Christensen is pretty good. So is Rudiger, he has looked good too. Chilwell looked great on the left back. They, uh, both Chilwell and Mount, they made life hard for Mo Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, they just um, were breaking down Liverpool's defense. Like, massive win today. Great performance all around. And Golo Kante, <coughs> excuse me, that's why he's the best defensive midfielder in the world. Just intercepting passes, making great pa making good ones too. Same with Jorginho. Didn't look good against Atletico, but he made some good pass. He was passing left and right. That's the Jorginho... We were looking for. Mendy made the, made some good saves. Well, nothing really too hard troubled him. But he was there when they needed needed Chelsea. When then Chelsea needed them to be. Fourth place now. One up on what Everton. Two up on West Ham. Everton's next, by the way. And four points ahead of Liverpool. Liverpool have lost four of their last five. I don't know, if they don't make the top four, could Jurgen Klopp be sacked? I don't, but I think he would. 
because this is unacceptable for, unacceptable for a team like Liverpool, especially after the year they had last year. It's how hard it is to defend a Premier League title. It's tough. Though City won back-to-back -back a few years ago. Uh, but in the last decade, since United won three straight between 07 and 09, only City, 18-19, have won back-to-back -back league titles. It's been, it's been changing. Like, 2010, Chelsea, then United, then City, and then United again, then City, then Chelsea, Leicester, Chelsea, City again, City again, Liverpool. And it looks like it'll be City again who have won la their last five. So I'm I'm still kind of pissed about the VAR thing because Werner did not step behind Robertson, only his arm was ahead. Like, offside is such a confusing rule. I think it should be just like, should be your foot. Or you need, you need to, it uh, should be at least half your body, including one of your legs, should be ahead of the defender to be offside. Only his like, a portion of his arm was past Robertson, like, you don't use your arm to score, use your feet. It's football. But VAR said otherwise. I thought that was a good goal. And Timo Werner can't catch a break. Like, poor guy. I know I harp on him a lot for missing, but poor guy. He, like, every time he gets a good shot at a goal, like today, he's actually scored, but it didn't count. Poor Werner. And hopefully next year, it'll be different for him. Well, there's still a lot of time in the season left. And he's still got some chances to score some more goals. Hakim ZX left foot, it looks like it's back. Like, there, he made a great play to Werner, who only he got a touch on it. But it got, went to Allison's hand. But that's the ZX I remember watching for Ajax. So, just all around, a pretty good performance for Chelsea. And, uh, I don't know what what's up, what a Liverpool are going to... How they're going to recover from this. Well they got it quickly. For Chelsea. Everton's up next. And then Leeds. And then before the. Before Atletico Madrid. On St. Patrick's Day. An overall. You got, they got. In the league. Some favorable opponents. Like West Brom. Palace. Brighton. And so forth. But. Hopefully. Uh, Tuchel's run of form continues. Because I love his style. I love. The offensive style. Like how like they spend more time on their own zone and how their defense pressures them. I like that. So hopefully this continues. Um, before we move on to our guest, let's talk about some video games here. I you know I'm gonna talk about games I like. Like for example, I of course I love NHL. I love FIFA. Uh, lost interest in Madden. Don't really play 2K or MLB the Show. But other than sports games, like over the years I grew up playing Pokemon. Super Mario Brothers, while well, I still play Super Mario, like Mario Kart. I mentioned this before. I um, mean, I'm I suck at Call of Duty, but I was pretty. I was a, but I was. Yeah, I mean, I sucked back then, but I love playing like Black Ops Two back then. Grand Theft Auto was like my favorite open world, like console game. I mean, I love GTA San Andreas, GTA Four, GTA Five. I want to play Vice City too. Like for the love of God, make GTA Six. So I'm milking GTA 5. Um, I did. Pl I loved the first Last of Us. Don't didn't play the second one. But PC, I'm not really into. Mostly just console, like for the Switch, like the Xbox or PlayStation. But games like GTA, I love. Um, 
I've played Battlefield. Like I love Battlefield three and four. Played Halo four and Halo three. Both pretty fun games. And well, other than that, I'm not really too much of a big gamer. Though I hope to be in the next coming couple of years. I want to get better, especially at Call of Duty. But uh, I'm not really too big of a gamer. But my next guest is. His name is Luis Tirado Jr. He is the head of the fan-sided NHL, esports, and extras department. He'll be talking about the NHL, video games, esports, and a bunch of other stuff coming up next. Do you have trouble finding your balls because there is a bush in the way? Fear not! You can get rid of that bush by using the discount code ALIENS20 to get 20% off your online order from Manscaped.com. Manscaped can help you cut down that bush so you can find your balls again safely without going nuts over it. That's 20% off your online order with the promo code ALIENS20 so you can get rid of that bush and find your balls again. guys joining us all the way from queens in new york city is luis tirado jr he is the fans hided editor for nhl esports and extras luis how are you doing pretty good how about you joshua uh, i'm doing pretty good thanks for coming on the show i appreciate the opportunity i'm excited it's uh it's gonna be fun today <laughs> all right so how did you end up working for fans sided Ah, it's a good story. Uh, about eight years ago, I was, uh, you know, up and coming writer. I was writing about the New York Giants and other sports, and they reached out to see if I can help out with their New York Giants page, uh, G-Man HQ. And I took the opportunity and I just kept working my way up from a site expert on one site, ended up being a site expert for two sites while being a paid contributor on a number of other sites. I was like a writing machine back then. <laughs> and then uh, I just, just kept at it. And Little by little, I learned a lot in the industry. So I always tell people, you know, like when you start networking and meeting other writers, other editors, things like that, you always pick up a little bit of something. So I was blessed to meet so many different people to grab different ideas and, and philosophies and organizational skills and all that stuff. And little by little, just work my way up the ladder. Huh. That is an interesting story. And you mentioned the New York <laughs> Giants. And yep. what are the sports teams that you like growing up in New York? I'm sure it's all like New York teams? Oh, you already know. <laughs> I would say uh, it, it happened in different phases. Like, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit uh, older, but I'm always young at heart. Like I, I was born in uh, 1981. So I grew up during the, the eras of like the New York Rangers, the 90s, a lot of Yankees and Mets. So naturally, because I saw so many great moments, I, I grew up mostly a Knicks fan, a Rangers fan. Uh, I've been to a lot of Islanders games. So yeah, you know, they're New York, so I go for them too. I love the Jets. And I grew up with the Giants, so it's kind of those weird things where I kind of root for anything that's in New York. Um, I've been to every stadium in New York for all these teams. So with the exception of the Devils, I, w I did go to a couple Devils games. It was weird, but it was different. And uh, it's cool. I like it. Like, I've always loved New York sports. And 
I know it's it's weird, like whenever you know you see like a, a rival team win, but as long as like New York is competitive, I don't mind if they don't you know win in every single year. So always gotta go in New York, you know. So pretty much every New York team, every single one of them. And if I had to pick for soccer, I would say New York Rebels always. <laughs> ah, that is that's interesting. And so what's it like growing up in New York City, and like what's it like living there? It's a uh, very fast paced. So like, as you mentioned, I live in Queens, you know, home of everybody's favorite neighborhood Spider-Man. So like, it's very diverse. So it's a lot different than like what people typically see, like in the movies and, you know, with the city and all, but it's like that everywhere. Everything's like really fast paced. I mean, I don't know what other state you can go and get like a sausage, egg and cheese and a roll in like a minute flat. That's how fast it is. <laughs> really? And it's a, yeah, it's quick. And it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, city. Cause like you get to see all different cultures, different kinds of foods. And of course with sports, I mean, people all over the world come to see like a Yankees game or a Mets game or whatever. So it's very diverse and it's very fast paced and, and I love it. It's awesome. Plus, you know, best pizza in the world is in New York. So I'll fight that till, till, till the end as I say. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like, what are some like common, like misconceptions that foreigners have about New York? Like what's something that uh, foreigners say something like, like what they have, what they portray in the movies about New York that simply isn't true. Oh, the, the, that, that everybody's rude. That that's the biggest one that I've seen. Like if you come to New York, I know a lot of people are intimidated and scared. They're like, oh, you know, everybody's all rude, and they they walk a thousand miles a minute, and they don't care. That that's that's the biggest misconception. Like that's far from the truth. Uh, a lot of New Yorkers are very fun, friendly, and positive, and you can see it. Like if you ever go to any sporting event or any event in general, like uh, whether it's like a sporting event, a festival, or anything like that, everybody is always super friendly, and it's a beautiful thing. It's just that's the biggest one that I've seen. Everybody says that. That that, that is surprising, actually, for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is surprising. <laughs> like, I from yeah, I've heard for years that New Yorkers are rude to foreigners, or rude, tourists. and that you know they 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 they, they just too fast they, they walk past you they, they they nudge you they don't even say excuse me or anything not, not true not true <laughs> huh. all right so uh let's move on to some sports so sure. you've mentioned the rangers so thoughts on their season so far oh you know they're they're one of these teams that they're very like inconsistent like i've noticed over the years that like they'll start decent then they start messing up then they start losing easy game i can't tell how many times i was so frustrated seeing this team lose like in a shootout or you know by like one goal or whatever when they easily could have won but they always tend to pick it up when it matters most like towards the end so like for me i'm not too worried i know they only won like eight games so far at this point in time we're doing this podcast but i'm hoping that they they bounce back when it matters most a nice month or so and hopefully we can see them in the playoffs so fingers crossed yeah and they've been a rebuilding team the last couple of years and uh, how do you think um jeff gordon has feared uh, has done well as the gm i like it i know a lot of people are of sex i know a uh, lundquist you know it, it's it's tough making these kind of decisions when you have to look at the team as a whole that's what I always tell people like never root for players root for teams only because it sucks when your favorite player just leaves another team like i was I couldn't, I still can't process Lundqvist in a uh, Capitals uniform, you know? And like when you look at it from that aspect, I think he's done a good job. It's just, you know, it takes time to rebuild. And unfortunately, you know, household names are going to have to be cut, let go to get other players to bring into the farm system to get them ready to hopefully, you know, take these starting spots and become the next big thing. So I think he's been doing good. But, you know, that's the one thing. New Yorkers are very impatient. Um, they might be fun, friendly, positive, but they're very impatient when it comes to their sports scenes. But I've always been a patient person and I know, to build a dynasty or whatever, you just got to be patient, take it one 
one day, one game, one season at a time. Plus, it wasn't even that long ago that the Rangers were, you know, in the Stanley Cup. They almost had it. They, they've always been consistently a playoff team. So I'm willing to wait a, another year or two before everything comes together and then they go the distance. So no worries. Yeah, for the most part, I think the Rangers have done a pretty good job at, yeah. at the rebuild. They let the fans know what they were doing. Yeah, it's tough seeing Lundqvist go, especially what oh, he's man. going through now with his health. Uh, I remember the Rangers having to get rid of key guys like JT Miller, who is now a Vancouver Canuck. Ryan yep. Dunham, hey, you example. know about him. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Dan Girardi, Derek Stepan, like guys who took who helped the Rangers go to the final a few years ago. Yep. But um, I like what they've sometimes. done so far. And sign a guy yeah, like Artemi I, Panarin, who uh, yes, fortunately, and I, hope, hope, I hope it all works out. <laughs> hope for, hope uh, whatever he's going through, like yeah. at home, works out. And like, um, besides the Rangers, what other teams have been keeping an eye on? You know what's funny? I know you're gonna get Max. I know you're you're a Canucks guy, and I, I've been. It's funny because like I've been asked to help out, and I've been writing about the Edmonton Oilers. So you know, watching Connor McDavid uh, during the time I was helping out with our AllOnWhite.com site was pretty fun. Uh, it's a little bit different than watching like the Rangers, but it was pretty cool. So I would say like, you know, they, they'd be a team I, I root for. And then like, obviously, since I'm a New Yorker, like I would, I would rank my top two teams, like the Rangers, the Islanders. And then I love Pittsburgh. I have a bunch of personal friends out there that I've known for like 20 plus years. So I, um, I, I like the Penguins. Plus, you know, like the whole uh, Mario Lemieux thing. I remember watching him growing up and Crosby and all that stuff. So they, they've, been, they've been like my third team. Same thing with the Steelers and the NFL and the Pirates and baseball and also, yeah. Yeah, so for you, what has been the most disappointing team in the NHL and the team that uh, surprised you so far this season? Oh, let me see. If I had to pick, like, um, the Islanders have always been decent. I just feel that, like, as time goes on, they're eventually going to put it all together and surprise many. Like, I know it's going to take them a while, but at the end of the day, hopefully, you know, everything falls into place. Um, I like the Oilers this year. They've been surprising because they've always been, like, bad. And, like, finally, like, I don't know if it was just dumb luck, you know, when I started writing about the team and covering it for about two months that they just started playing a lot better. And it, it makes me wonder, I'm like, what if, you know, they actually, like, snap it all snaps and they go a distance. So those would be, like, the two teams that, uh, that I would say, like, has a chance to surprise many, especially the Oilers. I think, like, they're very underrated. But I think, you know, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen, so. Yeah, and um, I mentioned the Islanders, and um, there's also the Devils in the – New York, yeah. New Jersey area, and they've had two top, top first overall picks in the last couple of years, but only like one playoff appearance in five years. So, I know. Like, plus um, Jack Hughes is going to take a little time to develop. So, oh, yeah, I figure he's, he's going to be really good. He's so young, and I'm thinking, man, imagine like five years from now how that kid's going to be. Forget it. Yeah, um, I like Heisher. He, I think he's he's a good center. Jack Hughes has a lot of potential. Oh, yeah. And a lot of good young talent in the New York area. I like Matt Barzell. He's from, he's from yeah. just outside of Vancouver, the suburbs. Hey, look at that. Uh, <laughs> we need more Canadian players. They are the lifeline of hockey. So I always yeah. say the more, the more the merrier, you know? And Capo Caco like, got potential yeah. too. Oh, that does another one. Plus the Maple Leafs have, have been, I mean, all, they all like, I, I, I yearn for the day that they actually just win it all. Like they, they're there. We just got to see, cause it's weird. Cause it's with a 56 game shortened season. Like, um, you never know what can happen. That's what makes it exciting this season. Like, anything can happen once these teams get the tickets in. You know, that'd be cool to see, like, you know, all these teams get in there and actually go a distance. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. And mentioned the, the Devils. Like, what uh, What do you think has been their – like, what's been preventing them from making the playoffs the last few years? Because 
remember last year, a lot of people predicted them to make the playoffs, but they yeah. were one of the worst in the teams in the league. I think it's the, the injuries. I really think that, like, you look at the injuries and, like, you know, the big – remember when they, they signed Saban and, like, they were everyone going crazy and then they had Hughes and everybody – I think what it is is you got to temper expectations. Like, uh, no matter who you sign, no matter who you draft, it's going to – I mean, I, I'm again, I'm old school. I've been watching hockey for a very long time and sports in general. I think that when you get a new player that just got drafted, it's going to take them at least three years to, to pan out and to see, like, where they fit on the roster, where they fit in the long-term plans, how they develop as a player, and especially when you bring in any, you know, big-name free agents. It takes at least a couple of years for it to gel, and I think with all the signings that they had, it was such a dud of a year because I think the expectations were just ridiculously too high. That's why you just got to be patient and take it, you know, one, one game at a time. And even now, like, the Devils aren't doing good at all, but, you know, that can change in the next, like, year or two as Hughes develops and they, they, they had a little bit more buzz in free agency, and obviously they can't miss on a draft pick, so... Hopefully, it all falls into place for like that particular team. Yep, hopefully. And let's move on to some esports. And cool. what do you say to people who say that esports isn't a sport? <laughs> that's a that's a hot question. I get that a lot. I tell people all the time, sports by by definition is obviously anybody that competes for some kind of championship. Uh, to put it in perspective, more people watched the League of Legends World's Championship back in 2018 than combining the NHL and NBA playoffs combined. So when I always look it up, I tell people all the time, I said, when you look at it from that aspect, there's no difference from, you know, obviously one is physical, one is more mental, but if people were to see the amount of work and effort and time it takes to build a proper esports roster to compete in games like, you know, uh, League of Legends, Valorant, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Call of Duty, Overwatch, et cetera, it's no different than watching a basketball, baseball, hockey team. So I always tell people, you know, whenever people say that, oh, it's not a sport, I, I understand it because, you know, a lot of old school sports fans, they look at it and they think, oh, it's just kids playing video games, but that's further from the truth. Uh, League of Legends, for example, it's a 5v5 game. It's no different from basketball because you have different roles. You know, you have your center, your point guard, your forward. In league, you have your mid laner, your jungler, your top lane. So it's the same exact analogy. It's just that people have to understand that esports is a multi-billion dollar like entity and it's only getting bigger you have kids coming out of college getting full paid scholarships and getting onto some of the biggest esports teams in the world so it's just like the nfl or nba or nhl is the same process you know they do they don't have drafts per se but you know they have like academy leagues and then you get up and coming and then they get signed onto these big rosters and next you know they're playing in front of millions of people watching on twitch or whatever and that 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 sounds like a sporting uh, situation to me so that's how i hit people with that <laughs> facts yeah well said and that's something I disagree with because I consider esports a sport. And um, what are yeah. some what's some stuff that's happening in the esports world right now? Like any tournaments going on or coming up? Like I know League of Legends has something going on. Oh yeah, like um, it depends on what what game you people follow. Like um, every game that's an esports title usually has something going on. Like I know Counter Strike has tournaments practically all the time. Uh, League of Legends breaks it up kind of like the traditional season. They have, like, you know, your winter break, and then they have the spring invitational, and then they have leading up to, like, their Super Bowl of esports called Worlds. So it depends on what game you watch. But, yeah, at all times, like, if you were to take, like, the top, let's say, 10 esports games, the chances are 9 out of 10, there's a tournament going on, like, right now. Like, even right now, they have a Valorant uh, Challenges tournament that's live and has, like, 50,000 people watching. So that's uh, not a big tournament, obviously, but it's basically like an amateur tournament to build up to the big Valorant championship. So, you know, for anybody that's interested in esports, now's a perfect time because everything's kind of starting up. And um, 
it's always something. So it just depends on what game you like to follow and to watch. And chances are you look on Twitch, it's there. Yeah, interesting. So like the more popular the game, like the bigger, the more attention the, the it gets, right? Like the tournament gets. Yep, for sure. Like, for example, like you have uh, League of Legends has their own like league and stuff, depending on where you're from. So if you are in this country, you like the LCS. If you're in Europe, they have the LEC. And then they have like, if you're in Asia, they have their own league. If you're in Latin America, they have their own league. So they're truly like a global sport. But, you know, a lot of people like to watch the Call of Duty League that's on, on weekends. Then you have like Valorant has their chant there their tournaments on the weekends, League of Legends does something every weekend. So it just depends on the game. But yeah, at all, at all times, like even like the Overwatch League, they have it more, stru- anything that has like a league in it is more structured towards like, well, how we watch hockey. So it's like when there's a league, they have schedules and they have like their qualifiers and their playoffs and like their championships. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it must be. And uh, <laughs> how, uh, I'm pretty sure most of pretty much all the tournaments now thanks to covid are like virtual now which shouldn't be a problem for unlike a sport like hockey or basketball which had to do a bubble last summer so mm-hmm. so it's a lot easier to watch it's a lot easier right <laughs> now now they just do it uh with like kind of like the old school way where you know they have their facilities and they just connect on on servers like that but like the, i mean the tournaments i've been to a whole bunch of esports tournaments and all the games i mentioned they're just they're just as big or the same as any sporting event like for example when i went to see uh esl new york for counter-strike uh it was at barclays it was sold out i never saw that many people and it was a diverse group it wasn't just kids it was like adults kids parents everything every ethnicity every race you think of everybody was there to watch counter-strike and in my head i'm like that's for an older game imagine for a game like league or uh overwatch or valorant or the call of duty league i haven't i've yet to go to a call of duty event but they look pretty fun and like they sell out stadiums just as any other team does Oh yeah. When uh, before COVID, of course. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, after. Now it's all, it's when all virtual. Better, now. Yeah. Now which it's is, all virtual. But it's much fun. easier to do yeah. than like hockey. That that explains why I think a lot more people now like gaming has been huge ever since the unfortunate pandemic, and more people now I feel are playing more games, but they're also watching pros play, and that ties into the whole esport thing because another demographic are obviously um it's not just gamers but it's like everybody that just wants to see like a competitive game or whatever but i noticed that because of the pandemic a lot more people are tuning in and they're watching and they're buying games and they're buying accessories and headsets and this and that so it has like a nice effect on gaming slash esports as a whole yeah and i remember um like hockey players are now twitch streamers for example elias Patterson did some twitch streaming oh yeah over the off season and Speaking of tournaments, I remember I didn't attend the tournament, but I remember there was a big buzz here in Vancouver. There was a big Dota tournament a couple of years ago. Was it three yes, years ago? Yes, the international. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, the Invitational. There you go. Yeah, that at Rogers <laughs> yep. Arena. Uh, yep. Yeah, sold out. <laughs> yeah, it was. You got people over the world. I remember heading downtown. Like you got people from Asia, from Europe. Yep. For this that, that's the cool thing about uh, esports is so worldwide. Like, especially, I mean, I know I mentioned League of Legends a lot, but like, they are truly the kings of esports. They're the ones that it's so all it's all inclusive and like everybody comes together uh, to watch their favorite players' uh, game. So it's a pretty cool thing. And then that's why, like, it, it's crazy uh, to think that they can sell out stadiums. It kind of shows that you know it's a force to be working with, and it's only going to get bigger, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's it's only going to get bigger. So, what do you should you mm-hmm. say to someone who wants to start <laughs> uh, getting watch starts to like wants to watch esports or even just wants to participate? What do you say to someone who wants to get into it? Uh, best advice is to kind of go on Twitch, click on the browse button, see like what games 
kind of call you because they have all these games I mentioned, they have different styles. So like if you like Call of Duty, that's more of a first person shooter game. Chances are you're going to like Call of Duty. You might like Counter-Strike. You might like Overwatch. You might like Valorant. Those are like the top FPS games. Or let's say you want to see more of like a basketball kind of game that's more kind of like chess. Then you go into like uh, League of Legends, into Dota 2, into uh, Heroes of the Storm. Those are the MOBA games, the multiplayer online battle arena games. A lot of people like to watch those because, you know, FPS games are fun because, you know, you're shooting people with guns and bombs and abilities or whatever. But when you watch a MOBA game, it's like chess. It's about learning items and places to go on the map and things like that. So that's kind of a little more in-depth, but it's really fun to like watch. And then believe it or not, uh, if anybody likes to see chess, uh, chess esports is a huge thing. Um, it's crazy because, for example, I was just browsing Twitch, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and I saw uh, chess.com was streaming some big twi- um, chess tournament. It had like half a million people watching it. Like it was like 550,000 people live watching a chess tournament between two grandmasters. So I thought that was pretty cool. So it depends on what you like. The best thing is just go on Twitch, click on browse, and see what calls you. I mean, they have everything you could think of. I mean, I've even seen like mobile gaming, like if you like Clash of Clans or Words with Friends or whatever, they have all that on there. So that's the best tip to get into it. Let's talk about what games. Yeah, what are some games that actually you like to play? Ooh, I have a whole bunch of games that I play. <laughs> so for now, like I, I prefer the genre, as I mentioned earlier, first-person shooters. So like I play Counter-Strike, I play Valorant. Uh, I love uh, Halo Master Chief Collection. So I can't wait for the next Halo to come out at the end of this year. I play a lot of League of Legends. Um, I also just got into Valorant, so that's another fun game. It's like Counter-Strike, a little bit more modern, a little bit more newer, so that's been kind of fun. And um, I always try to pay something my backlog. Like, you'll see with gamers, everybody has a backlog. My backlog is like 300 games plus deep, so, like, I'm trying to work through it, but it's, you know, between work and writing and editing and, you know, just doing stuff in real life or whatever. Um, I'm slowly but surely getting through it, so, like, I always had, like, one game that I hit from the backlog, so now it's this game called Disco Elysium. It's a pretty fun, interesting game. It's like a RPG kind of storytelling game. It's a weird game. Like it doesn't really have a defined genre, but it's a, it's basically like a detective kind of a game to figure out like what happened to a murder in this town or whatever. And you just go from there. So that, that's pretty much the games that I play now. A nice little healthy rotation on a day-to-day basis. So like one day will be Valorant, the next will be Counter-Strike. One day I'll play Fortnite with some friends. Another day I'll do Valorant for a couple of hours with some friends. So it just depends on how the week is going and all that stuff. And over the last year, what is the best game you have played and the worst game you have played? <laughs> the best game I played, I would probably say the Halo Master Chief Collection because they just added Halo 4 at the end of November. And that's one of my favorite Halos. So, like, when they dropped that in the PC version of the game, like, everybody was playing it, so it was really cool. And then they gave, like, a double HP weekend, so that was, that was awesome. And the worst game I played by, by far is uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh. I have... Never played a game that was broken, unfinished, unpolished. It was just a disaster. I, I understand, you know, when a, game, a new game comes out, it's, uh, it's going to have bugs and stuff. But when I tell you, uh, Joshua, this game had thousands of bugs. It literally was so riddled with bugs that I had two game-breaking bugs. I had to go back 10 hours just to replay the same stuff over again to oh, finish the game. Dear. And after I finished it, um, I hit such a review on Steam that on the discussion boards, like I had like, it's still up to now, like I have over 3000 replies on it. So I, I literally went in on how bad this game was. And like, it was just the truth. It was just, uh, that was definitely one of the worst games I played uh, last year slash this year. And just in the past, like five years or so, like I can't think of another game that was that bad. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I heard that game was really disappointing. And it was so bad. I, I pre-ordered it, ready to go. I was so excited. I, I, I took days off the first time it was supposed to be released, but then they delayed it. So I was like, you know, I'll just wait because I figured by the time I get the patch and stuff, I, I worked, whatever. And um, it was just terrible. It was just like like Minecraft would have been better than that, to be honest. So yeah. Oh, and, Tetris, uh, Tetris on my cell phone would have been better. But, yeah. Tetris on And um, <laughs> uh, are you the type of gamer that rages a lot? Because I am. <laughs> a lot of people do. Uh, me, no. I, I, I don't really. I mean, to me, it's a video game. It's like I, I'm not going to sit there and like punch a, wall, a hole in the wall or get frustrated enough to get mad. I, I do get frustrated because, you know, who doesn't get frustrated? I mostly play competitive games. And, you know, it's all for rankings and for bragging rights and all that stuff. So, you know, when you miss an easy shot, when you miss an easy kill, and it's just like, ah, you know, you get like that. But no, I don't, I don't really get that mad. I remember at the end of the day, it's just a video game. It's for fun. Plus, I always tell people, unless you're telling me you're going to go pro, and you're playing a game to be a professional gamer, then it's really not worth punching a, a hole in your monitor or headbutting your head against a wall or something. <laughs> Fair enough. And let's going to have some general pop culture questions. And um, sure. are you a movie guy or more of a TV show watcher? Oh, I see... It, I, I was a little bit of both. Now I'm a TV show watcher only because of WandaVision and all the cool stuff that more was going out with. So like, it, it's a mixture. Cause like, I like old school movies. Like I like good. I like, I like mafia movies. I love action movies. And then lately um, my wife has a kind of a birthday gift to her wanted to sit and watch every single MCU game, uh, MCU movie that came out. So that was like 20 plus movies. Saw them all. I got hooked. And now, you know, we're starting WandaVision. They have, like, their next phase in the MCU. So, like, it's, it's weird because it's, like, me in a nutshell. I started out mostly movies, and then thanks to really great TV shows and, like, Ryan, like, you know, like, Breaking Bad, Dexter, um, you know, shows like that. Like, um, I mostly watch TV shows. Now it's, like, a hybrid. But WandaVision, I can't wait for, you know, um, the next one, Falcon, and then Winter Soldier. Like, I'm, I'm really hooked into the MCU stuff. So whatever they do, I will watch. <laughs> Uh, and apparently you're big on reality TV too. Yes. Love it. That's another thing I was getting into. So I love like shows like 90 Day Fiance, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Unexpected, um, all because basically, you know, my wife, I've known her for yeah, a very long time now, like probably like 15 plus years now. And we, you know, she watched thousands of hours of like football, esports events, baseball, hockey, basketball, everything you can think of. So, you know, I wanted to kind of see things with her too, because she would just sit, I mean, she's gone to so many esports events, thrash metal concerts from Slayer to like Ghost and Iron Maiden and all that stuff. So I said, you know, I'm going to watch it with her. And then I got hooked. <laughs> now it's like we watch it together all the time. So it's pretty cool. Wow. That's, wow. That's quite a relationship that you and your yeah, wife right? have. And, and we're also gamers. So that makes it a oh, lot wow. easier. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah. And you may you mentioned music like Slayer, like and all the concerts. You're a big metal guy. Oh, I love thrash metal. I've been a thrash metal fan for practically my whole life, uh, thirty plus years. So like when I first got into Black Sabbath when I was a kid, and then it just evolved to like you know uh, I'm more of a thrash metal guy. But like I've probably gone to like hundreds of concerts as much as like sporting events. Like I, I remember in a good year it'll be about thirty to fifty shows, and I'll go to like New York, Jersey, Connecticut um philly you know mostly east coast shows i would love to go to europe to like you know uh, two things i want to do europe there's a, a place called katawisi and uh, i don't know if i'm saying that or katawichi it's something like that basically if you're a counter-strike guy you know what i'm talking about it's in germany i always wanted to go there to see a grand final for counter-strike at uh katawisi and then i always wanted to like go see like a thrash metal show like in europe like whether it's like iron maiden or judas priest or you know something like that 
Yeah, all good bands. I love to go to Europe too for music right? festivals. Like Glastonbury is one I love to go to. Reading, yes, um, yes. Rock and Ring. That would be awesome. Yeah, those are like my top three. That's awesome. Good choices. Yeah, and um, besides metal, do you like any other type of rock or music in general? Uh, well, I'm I'm all over the place. So like, I love obviously I love metal, and then I would say like I love classical music. So like, it's like different spectrums. Like it's it's a weird correlation. Like a lot of metalheads love classical. So like, I'll just put on like the classical station on Apple iTunes um, or Apple Music or whatever, and just rock out to that. Um, I also love Broadway shows. So like, you know, Rent. Um, obviously, everybody loves um, all those classic Broadway TV sh- uh, Broadway shows that I, I wish they were back. So I know with the coronavirus and all, but like just those musicals that are like captured in time that were recorded from like the first cast. I love that stuff. So like most like Rent, Wicked, you know, shows like that. Oh yeah, well, understandable being from New York because you're literally yep, Broadway. On Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a third. I, I mean, I did grow up with uh, mostly like you know gangster rap. So like, I, I originally grew up with like stuff like Tupac, Onyx, Wu Tang, um, the whole Death Row record stuff. So like, I grew up with that, and then I transitioned from that to like you know Nirvana, and then Foo Fighters, and then Slipknot, and then Corn, and then just whoop, went down the rabbit hole of different metal bands and. Now I'm mostly just thrash. Like I, I prefer thrash over like hard rock or anything. I just love the fast, aggressive. Like when you're sitting back writing a bunch of articles, that that just gets you so pumped up to uh, keep writing. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I put on like rock music when I write my articles too. Yes. Damn right. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and let's get into some listener questions. Um, sure. A bunch from Andy. He asked the first one: What impact will have will gambling have on the NHL? Could this raise the salary cap? That's a good question. Uh, thank you for the question, by the way. So I know right now gambling slash betting is really hot. I know it, it's a big thing in the NFL world and baseball and in hockey. It's kind of like fantasy. Like, yeah, it's a thing, but it's not as big as like the other leagues. I don't think if like there's like a big gambling or betting scene that's going to tremendously impact the salary cap. I do know that the NHL is smart because they don't really have any affiliation with like one. Like if they were to do something with like uh, like DraftKings or FanDuel and they were to like really like say, hey, let's make a partnership and do it right. That would make sense, which is funny because in esports, esports betting is a thing. And, you know, FanDuel was smart and they embraced esports, mostly Counter-Strike and League of Legends that, you know, people can gamble and bet on the matches and get money back or whatever. Um, and it's affiliated. So it's like they, they've done it in a way that everybody profits from it and obviously if the NHL did that that would definitely have more money to the league and things like that but as you all know Joshua the NHL is very archaic when it comes to like things like that so hopefully you know if they were to do something like that which I think it, it's going to inevitably happen because everybody's getting into it it's a really big focus um, on a lot of sports to, to do that it only makes sense I just don't know how long it's going to be um, do I think it's going to happen more than likely I think they you can't deny the amount of money or revenue you can earn from doing it the legit legal way because even right now it's not endorsed by the NHL, but there's a bunch of sites that, that have uh, gambling and betting on, on games that are everywhere. So hopefully they become a little more modern embrace and do it in a safe legal way. And then everybody can have fun betting on matches, uh, betting games and like to do matches in esports, and everybody thrives. Um, good answer. And <laughs> another, he also asked, which is an esports question. Will Ooh, esports eventually pass the traditional viewing of sports in popularity? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Another great question. Me personally, I don't think it ever will beat traditional sports. I think they'll both coexist. I do think that it'll catch up and be like right, right at the, the coattails of sports. But, you know, 
no offense to esports, you know, I'm a huge gamer and esports guy. You're never going to beat the combined efforts of the NFL, NHL, NBA, Major League Soccer. Like, you're never going to beat the official leagues because it's just so embedded in history and in sports history or whatever. But I do know that over time, you're going to eventually see matches on regular TV. It's going to happen. So, like, I know League of Legends, like, their World Championship is broadcast on ESPN and ABC because they have partnership deal with them. And I think it's only a matter of time before you'll just tune in like everybody else does. Like, I'm surprised they didn't really make a channel yet. Like they used to back then, they used to be like, you know, uh, gamer TV or whatever on cable TV many, many, many years ago. And now everything's on Twitch. But I think it, whoever's out there, if, it, if, they're, if they really want to capitalize on it, they should just make a gaming channel and just have it be, you know, a cable TV show or a cable TV network. And then it has esports shows and gaming shows and obviously show tournaments. That I think eventually is going to happen. I don't know by who i don't know when but there's no denying that if you can get that many people on twitch imagine on like a cable tv network so hopefully in due time it will but i don't think it'll ever like i don't even the best of the best which in this case would be league of legends they can never rival the super bowl so until or into or the world series or the stanley cup playoffs like until they can until a game can hit that those levels then okay but i don't see that happening i think it's just going to be two separate things two separate things that coexist and that's pretty much it all right, and he also asked, do you see a global league happening, like Berlin versus Carolina in a, in a hockey game? Ooh, see, it's a little bit different for, like, a global league because, no, I love hockey. No offense to people. Obviously, we're on a hockey show, and we're talking about hockey is our main thing. But no offense to that. But hockey isn't as big as, like, the NFL, MLB, and NBA, all that stuff. I would think it's, it has a niche. I don't think it's enough to warrant a whole global league. Another thing that I would say is people love Olympics and the, the hockey, uh, hockey Olympic or Olympics hockey or whatever. Um, I don't think they're ever going to be able to globalize it because you have to factor like the logistics of it. Like, are people going to attend the games? Are people going to tune into the games? Like even right now, like even the, the AHL, like I would argue that if you can't even see the games and if they are broadcasted, realistically, how many people are really going to sit and watch that and stay tuned and, you know, all the advertising money and like, you know, commercials and stuff like that. Like, it's just not a viable logistical thing and if you take a global league that's gonna be even harder because is hockey as big as soccer is it as big as american football is it as big as baseball i would say unfortunately no but you know that's why i think they have olympics hockey because it's special it's every four years and everybody watches the olympics it's a beautiful thing so i think they keep it at that level and it's kind of global because you know all the players represent where they came from so that that i think would do it that's why i don't i don't see them ever doing global league unfortunately all right fair um, this is a question from Andy to both of us, which is a tough one. Oh, here Best we go. Jersey of all time. Did, did it say by sport? Just any, any Jersey. I, I think any, but this is really tough. Cause I love this so is a many. tough one. Oh man. Let's see. All right. I'm going to have to say, because I do own this team's Jersey the most will be the New York Jets. Um, I know people are going to laugh at that, but I love their old school green and white. I mean, what it, whoever designed that new jersey now, like, no, it's, it's terrible. But, like, the, the old school green and white gangrene jerseys, I love those. So, I, w- I would say near just for me. How about, how about you, Joshua? Ah, that is tough. tough. I know. It's tough. I know. It's tough. I'm like, I love many in different sports. Uh, like, mm-hmm. hockey, I love the, the 90s Canucks line skate, the Hartford Whalers. Yes, yes. Um, the alternate Colorado Avalanche they have now. Basketball. Um, always love the Lakers jerseys. Oh yeah, the purple and gold. Whew. Yeah, purple and gold. Uh, the Vancouver, the fortunately now Memphis, the Vancouver Grizzlies 
jerseys. Yes. No bias there. I, I, if I had to do an honorable mention, like you kind of are, I would definitely say New York Yankees. Like that. Tell me a more recognizable yeah, Yankees. brand. <laughs> the Yankees, Yankees pinstripes. Like that. Uh, that's a close a, second. I'm a Blue Jays fan, but uh, love the Yankees oh, jerseys. Nice. It's so awesome. iconic. Like yep. you can't deny that. Yep. Can't deny it. you put that uh, on. They just know. They just know. They just know. Football. That's tough. That, that's tough because there's so many good ones, and. Um, I get. I mean, iconic would be the the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that, that I know people know that star. Uh, yeah, that's be iconic. Um, the Green Bay Packers always love their colors. That they've yes worked. They've always worked well together. Yeah, um, the Jets Golden and Giants, Yellow. both New York teams have good color schemes too. Oh yeah, like you can tell, like the NFC AFC style of it. Like then it's just so strong for the NFC and AFC is so like underdog and competing no matter what. So it's nice colors. <laughs> All right, and we got one from Bill Juan. He asks you nice. a really important question. What type of jelly do you use in your PB&Js? <laughs> so that's a good one. So fun fact, um, I am allergic to strawberries, so I cannot have any uh, strawberry jelly. But regardless, got to go with grape. So always grape jelly with peanut butter uh, sandwiches. And as an extra treat, you know, I love Elvis. Uh, I know it's weird. I'm a metalhead, but I love Elvis Presley. And I know one of his guilty pleasures was, I never tried it until I learned this from him, was putting uh, peanut butter and banana in a sandwich. And I said, no, let me just, let me just see how that works. And I, I, I was hooked. I'm like, this is great. And then you one-up it by doing peanut butter jelly with banana. So it's just, if you haven't tried it, I suggest people listening, give it a shot. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound weird. But let me tell you when, you, when you have one of those, especially if you want to go the extra step, put it in the refrigerator for like maybe an hour, let it get nice and cool, nice and cold. Then you eat it, it's game over. So throwing that out there. All right, and my final question is one I ask every guest. Um, of course, you mentioned you love thrash metal. Like, what's a song you'd like for your intro? Oh, that's a good one. I would say uh, "Raining Blood" by the band Slayer. <laughs> Gotta right, go with that. Awesome. Yep, because to me, it's like you know, um, I don't know uh, if people listening also like professional wrestling, but like I was, you know, you're a kid, you're like, oh, what would you come out? Like, I'm like, what better song? Then raining blood when you just boom hit the lights go out and then everything goes red and then you come running into the ring and they start clotheslining people and powerbombing people and so I think that's like the perfect song for that so that'll be my pick. Yeah, I have to agree with that. So Luis, <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, I believe you're like one of the first people I've had outside of the Vancouver market Woo. to come on. I think you're the first. No, Thank I think you. no, you're the second actually. I've had. Oh, I'm market. still top three. Still, still top three. Still up there. <laughs> yeah, and um, it was nice for for me and the listeners to learn about esports, which is something not really talked about on the show, but I guess now uh, has been mentioned. And uh, keep up the good work with Fansighted, and hopefully we can do this sometime in the future. For sure. Thank you so much, Joshua. I really appreciate the opportunity. You continue the great work with the podcast, and I appreciate uh, all the cool questions for everybody. So thank you, and I will see you guys next time. You guys take care, and most importantly, please stay safe. And, yes, and uh, please. just take things one day at a time. Yeah, please stay safe there. And, and I know uh, in New York, COVID has been a lot tougher than it is here. Well, it's tough here, but yeah. um, Louis, stay safe out there. Um, it's Thank not you, sir. You too. But we're getting there. Yeah, one day at a time. You, Everybody take care. You too, Joshua. And uh, see you guys next time. Yeah, and stick around for the best and worst Twitter. Let me ask you something. Would you like to listen to a sports podcast and learn how to turn $1 into a five-figure sum? Ever heard of the word parlay before? Then join me, Malcolm Ert, the host of Point Shot every week, 
We talk about the news and notes from around the NHL, focusing on the only team we really care about, though, our Vancouver Canucks, as well as my favorite new topic, sports betting. Catch us wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, time for the best and worst of Twitter. You know how this works. I look at the worst and the best tweets of the week. All right, let's start off, from, which is a reply to the Tonight Show from Jimmy Fallon, a band called The Network, who is a was pretty much Green Day, but it's Green Day with two other members, and they're just wearing masks, and they're having a more new wave-ish sound. So yeah, The Network is one of Green Day's many side projects, and then this person named Natasha Guthrie 1124 at gmail.com says, Fallon tonight, love your show, what was that performance? It's crazy to me. If you're wanting to come across as unique and different, how does destruction and white male anger using Hispanic wrestling mask equate to equate to quality or musical entertainment? Love for music, not violence. Um, do you not know who these are? Another one for worst. From Anthony Fantano, major as music music nerd. The needle drop. It like like the tweet itself is like, 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 the content itself, like, what the video he shared here is, it's a song, I guess it's a new song from a band called Theory of a Dead Man called, called Hate My Life, and this is the first verse. Let me just bring it up for you here. Okay, so, song, French Handle described it, why would you make a song about how big of an asshole you are? Like, like that's the first verse. So, Sick of the Hobos, always begging for change. I don't like how I gotta work and they just sit around and get paid. And then the next um, few verses are just like, I hate all the people who can't drive their cars, you got better get on away before I start falling apart, and how my wife is always up my ass, and yada 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 yada. Hate My Life by Theory of a Dead Man. Now called Theory. And apparently they're from Delta. Delta BC. Weird. Um, this one from the Caramel Waffle Haver at Mountain underscore Ghost. Um, this one, um, I guess is worse. This was a headline for some news company. COVID. People are tired of working from home. This person tweets, yeah, well, COVID would say that. Huh. Uh, this one from Daniel Wagner. I don't know if I guess this is best, I guess. It shows a picture of Pedersen and Besser looking at an iPad and a screenshot of a Wattpad fan, fan fiction called Defined, a Jake Vertanian fan fiction, then a picture of surprise, Elias Pedersen. So I actually read this fan fiction after the the second Jets game. Naya King is a hockey player for the CWHL team Toronto Furries, with one R, by the way. One day, she gets called to play for the Vancouver Canucks to fill in for the injured Rana Verbata and becomes the second woman in the NHL. And I've read the story. It's full of grammar and spelling mistakes. And, uh, I mean, it's not supposed to be realistic. It's a fan fiction. And there's like a whole love thing with Jake Rattanen. And it was um, quite the read. And I don't like the way it ended. But there's a sequel. I'll probably read get to it some other time. Uh, this one for best. Jeff Patterson tweets, Damn, that's a headline. So from the star, guest Toronto, tweets, 
hit-and-run driver left scene, went to journalism school, and delivered radio report on deadly incident. Damn. Breaking 911. Uh, this news Twitter account tweets, Breaking. China makes COVID-19 anal swab test mandatory for foreigners. Worst. What? Uh, Kristen Shilton, the Leafs reporter, replies, You're welcome. Or quote tweet replies to, you're welcome to a person saying, my stream is behind, thanks a lot, on a John Tafari's goal. I hate that when that happens. Check Twitter when I'm watching a stream, and then the goal already happens. Uh, but uh, I just can't believe she responded. Me IRL, at the it underscore me IRL bot, like a meme account, tweets, a crossover between the they don't know meme and are you winning son with they don't know my son is winning beautiful um another one for worst um paper and slideshows at dairy if tweets help raise funds for francesco aquilini to trade jake and this is a gofundme account for funds to have her tan and trade and i can't believe this exists like, what a way to scam people. And it actually made $248. People actually have donated 10, 20, 50, 18. Like, why? You're scammy people. Like, come on. Mr. Booth at Mr. Booth underscore 7 tweets a pic- another picture of Besser and Patterson looking at an iPad with a screenshot of a YouTube video saying the B movie being weird for nearly eight minutes straight yeah uh that movie is weird the b movie remember in 2016 if you're old enough or young enough i should say when it was like a big meme and like the script was a big copy pasta and i yeah i can't believe the woman in the movie left left her husband um or kicked the husband out of a house because she fell in love with a talking bee <sighs> why aren't the stanchion he tweets, Anyone else wonder what life would be if Dan Murphy's name was Dan Smurphy? And we called him Smurf? Hashtag Stanchi's deep thoughts. Maybe in an alternate universe, but... Oh man. And I'll end it with one from... Replying to Greg Abbott's... Governor of Texas... His ass nine... Um, decision to open everything. Which included ending the statewide mask mandate. With a video from Spongebob. Yeah. What am I now? Stupid? Nope. Texas. What's the difference? So, pretty much that. Um. And uh, I think I'll end it here this week for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um. Follow me on Twitter at joshrain91. Follow the podcast account at uh, @abdiscussers. Same for Instagram. Same handles for Instagram. Find us on Facebook at Discussers Podcast. Check out the other podcasts and the blog post for Area 51. Big things coming up for the network. Um, we got big plans. So, we're growing. We're grinding. We're creating an empire here. And you can pick up some Avid Discussers merch at the uh, official... Just go to... If you go to our Area 51 website, there should be a link for merchandise. Get your Avid Discussers t-shirts and stuff, as well as merch from the other podcasts. So that concludes 
this week's episode. You can also give me a rating. Let me know what I'm doing right. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, feedback's appreciated. So that, that, that concludes this week's episode. So peace out. <laughs>